baby. What's happening, my man? Episode number 005. Let's go. 005. The one yeah. with sand and sand and sand. Dude, it's going to be sick. Set. We've got to let them in on something because it's um going to be a little bit different this, this episode. Uh, this is like, oh my gosh, the phone's already going. And oh, guess are who you it kidding? is? Was that your phone? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> no oh, way. Sand and you're back. You're back on the podcast. You haven't even featured yet. We're recording the intro and you're already on. <laughs> this episode will be a bit different because uh, we're actually doing a Zoom episode because uh, I've actually just moved down to Phillip Island. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Azam is also with Vodafone and their internet speeds are lightning fast <laughs> at 0.5 a kilobyte a second. So, um, yeah. We did an the- internet speed test. It's actually just to correct you there. Sorry, Mitch, it is um, Optus. So oh. that's all right. But um, it was, yeah, it wasn't too impressive. So if there is like a weird, awkward pause, uh, that's why. So sorry, but we are trying to make it work. Back to the Vodafone thing. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but... Vodafone is so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone's if you're listening and you're with Vodafone, but man, like the whole Valley of Stanwell Park. You've got a is, bone to pick. Yeah, it is terrible. And sorry. Oh, Telstra. Yeah, thanks, Telstra. You can just put the cash there. Um, <laughs> Telstra. Dude. <laughs> You just did a little skit on your own. <laughs> oh, for anyone listening, so... he actually just, because oh, we're on Zoom, he, I can see him. He just fully turned to his left and acted like, <laughs> acted like Telstra was at his door. For the pile of cash, oh, baby. No, it's shot. You see what's happening? We've, we've split up and now we're just less funny than we were before. Which wasn't that funny. Right, so, yeah, which wasn't that funny. Didn't have much to stand on there. We so, just dropped somehow. So, but yeah, if you're wondering why there is a few seconds here and there in between Mitch talking and me talking, it's because we're still trying to decipher what's going on in between the interwaves online and whatever the phone's up to. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Telstra. Yeah. Cheers, money thanks. there. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> on you, on you, mate. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got a bit of a stonker coming up. Um, Sandon Groves, he's, uh, we'll get to it in the potty, but he's taken on some big roles and doing some amazing things pretty much next week. So it's, um, Mm. it's going to be a sick one. Big stuff. Some really exciting stuff. He's such a good dude. Um, so yeah, I'm heaps keen for the convo. I'm keen to pick his brain a bit and see what God's doing in his life and hear about his story. Thanks for coming in, Sandon. South Coast, pride and joy, Sandon grows. Let's go. <laughs> well, let's get to know you a bit, bro. Tell us something that we don't know about you. Some maybe like a bit of a like a party trick or something that no one really knows. Ooh. Oh, actually, I used to be able to do this thing. I can't really do it anymore because I'm a bit a little bit fatter in the, in the tummy. <laughs> I used to be able to do this thing called the tree trunk. Oh no! So what? Like, I'd like suck in my diaphragm, but then I'd like I'd like push out the bottom bit, and it looked like a tree. Like, oh! 
I think I've seen people do that before. Yeah, I wish this wasn't a podcast. Uh, I wish it was a YouTube channel. Let, let's give it. A, should we give it a crack? And I'll just talk everyone through what's happening. Here we go. All right, Santa's getting up. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that was amazing. It really, it looked like a big old gum. Apparently native. Is that like yeah. a, a musician warm up your diaphragm yeah. exercise? Yeah. Well, you, you are a bit of a muso. Like you're, you're South Coast best looking bloke and also voice of an angel. Tell us a bit about yourself and then when the music stuff came in. Okay. I was born in Fig Tree, but I was raised in Austin. Um, yeah, Fig Tree. you kidding? Sick. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's mad. <laughs> um yeah, so and then like always lived in Austin um with my family got a mum dad and a younger brother called Luca he's 20 I went to church from a very young age um and I was loved it um I grew up surfing playing soccer just like yeah being outside a lot not not much video games um which is you know at the time I was like come on mom just let me get an xbox but she was like no and uh and i'm glad um in terms of the music i uh, definitely yeah got onto it heaps early hey like my parents got me like a ukulele or something or like a little guitar when i was a kid and straight away just latched onto it um and there was probably a few when i was like 14 15 where i just really wanted to give it up and i was just sick of it and i was like oh, i don't want to practice i don't want anything to do with it like i'm just you know angsty and whatever <laughs> And my parents like, nah, you've got to keep going. Like we've invested too much time into this. Like again, very, very thankful for their wisdom because um, yeah, I'm just I love playing guitar. Like, uh, and at the moment, kind of, or maybe a few years ago, I was writing stuff and I put I put a song out on Spotify like five years ago. But at the moment, it's just more of like a a passion rather than like a career pursuing kind of thing um so yeah i really enjoy it uh doing gigs and stuff on the weekends and and uh just jamming with my mates when i get the chance and like on the side of uni i've actually heard you play before and you know when you listen to someone and you're like you start like just floating like oh. you just start levitating you're you're that type of user so oh. i don't know <laughs> professional or passion i'd say professional but that's just my opinion no, it's it's truth. Your dad actually taught me at school. Yeah. Mr. Gross. Boy, did he get me in trouble. <laughs> I don't know if we'd still be friends. <laughs> I just remember there always been this really weird tension um, where, like, you know, you crew of, like, older standing guys, like me being, like, a young girl, and then, like, my dad being your teacher. It was always just super, like, I always felt heaps nervous, like knowing that, you know, this older group of kind of cool guys who I looked up to, like my dad was like teaching them and I don't know, getting him in trouble and stuff. Who was the boss? Because he put me on detention. (laughs) Well, I would always like, if I was being naughty or something and then paddle out and see him in the surf, I'd just like paddle to the bank down south. Like being a bad boy today, can't surf with him. Okay, I got a question. What what's been your scariest surfing moment? Are there any times that you thought, yep, this is it. I'm fried bickies. I'm out, like I'm gone. I'm gonna meet Jesus pretty soon. Like, what's your scariest moment in the surf? Mm. Yeah. So one really sticks out in my mind. So I was probably 14, 15. My family and I were in Western Australia 
and uh, we were kind of heading home and we stopped at this spot to surf called Jake's Point. Oh, yeah. But the gnarliest wave I've ever surfed. So it was probably like 10 foot and I was little. Like I was like, I was 14, 15. Um, but my dad's a bit of a charger, so he kind of just peer pressures me. <laughs> You're coming, Sandon. <laughs> I, I have memories of like actually bawling when I was like 10. Dad pulled to me. What? <laughs> Mr. Gross, he's done it again. In hindsight, it was good because it just exposed me to these like gnarly waves. And so I was just like, you know, I was able to just, I wasn't particularly good at surfing, but I give most waves a crack. So. Anyway, thanks, Mr. Gross, for that. Like, um, <laughs> we were at Jack's point, and um, we're just watch like, it's like a rock jump to get in, and we're watching these, like, proper just walls rolling down the point. It was so good. It was it was just, like, these stand-up left-handers just rolling down. Anyway, so we're out there, and um, I hadn't caught a wave in half an hour. I was just watching, just, like, watching people catch waves. And there was these bodyboarders sitting on a actual rock. So like you could sit wide up or you could sit deeper on the rock and it was and it would suck up heaps hard. And it was only bodyboarders doing that. There's no surfers there. And um and I was watching these guys just like paddle into these stupidly heavy, huge left handers, like so critical. If you stuff it up, you're on a rock shell on a 10-foot wave. Oh. And then I remember like being like, all right, that's it. I gotta catch a wave. Like, I can't sit out here. I gotta do it. That is the worst feeling. Oh. Um, dad's caught a bomb. Like he actually caught one of the sickest waves I've ever seen. There's we've got a photo of him, and it's just like three times overhead, and he's pretty tall. And um, and so I gotta catch a wave. I didn't want to catch one of those crazy sets those body waters are catching. So I kind of paddled in a little bit, waiting for a small one. And then I like just turn around and there's these mountains no. and, and you know people you see people scratching and they're not just paddling they're starting to kick you see like the like, like, beats going oh, oh. so start scratching for my life and, and and that was one of those moments hey when i was like because i've never surfed a break before i don't you know when you surf a break a lot and you, you know where you have to be to miss the sets mm. i had no idea so i'm just paddling super hard Ended up making it over these like mountains, oh. but that was probably the big, like the most hectic moment of my surfing. Oh. I actually could die here. Um, anyway, for for context, the next day, um, there's a shot in Tracks magazine of a dude. There's one guy. It, it got bigger the next day. No, already in board shorts in these like 15 foot barrels just like couldn't fit a bus in there no so it, was, it was gnarly man like what? we caught the start of this swell where it was only 10 foot but it got to like 15. 10 foot yeah so only was, was, no biggie me, but like, obviously for this dude the way he was pulling into these waves was like it, it was like he was surfing a two foot wave he was so comfortable what and he just pulled these wow. out barrels and then that was it he just get clamped but then he'd go again those people man they're the real warriors <laughs> They actually are, eh? I I think it's so funny, the feet thing. Because when you, like, go to the inside one, then you just see, like, everyone turn as the yeah, wave, like, yeah. the wave's coming. Yeah. And then you see the feet, and you're like, oh, no, yeah. I'm going to die. It's the, the, it's the feet. feet. Everyone panicking. And you hear the little, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the water, like, the little taps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs>
Well, I'm so interested in something you're involved with because I've done a couple of them. Mitch has done a couple of them. Um, there's this thing called Paddle Against Poverty that I'm sure you're aware of by now, Zendon. A big part to play in this Paddle Against Poverty thing now. Can you please tell us a bit about that involvement? Yeah. Uh, so I am the director of the Paddle Against Poverty this year. Mic drop. Whoa. Boom. The Paddle Director. That's sick. No. What a title, bro. The Paddle Director. The Paddle Director. Tell me more. It's a lot less, uh, lot less fancy than it sounds, but pretty much I'm just responsible for yeah. organizing it along with a team of legends who, yeah, we work together to come up with everything. And that's been my last six months pretty much doing that. Uh, the world famous Paddle Against Poverty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, tell us a bit about the Paddle Against Poverty, bro. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, Paddle Against Poverty is it's an epic charity event that's been running for this is the twenty third year, so it's been going for a while. And it's how old are you, Sandon? Twenty three. So, like, it's wow. Yeah, been running my whole life. Hey, so. And now you're taking the reins. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a awesome like six months leading up to it. But um, yeah. So it's been running for that long, and it's got about a hundred or so uh, people who just like get in the water on a bunch of like surf rescue boards, kayaks, um, stand up paddle boards, and basically paddle from well, provide the conditions are, are, are good. We'll paddle from Wollongong Harbour to Thrill, and yeah, we raise money for lots of different charities um i think we we did like a count the other day and i think uh since it's kind of inception it's raised over one hundred fifty thousand dollars. whoa for charities like compassion um and mercy huts more recently as well so it started with like this really core group of um christian surfers Um, my dad was actually one of the original founders as well along with bd and a couple others basically they were like we can just use our kind of paddling experience to help kids overseas. And that's where it started with like, that was the passion. That was the vision. Um, and then over the last 22, 23 years, it's kind of grown and become this wider community event rather than just like a CS event. Um, so CSA is obviously still like the facilitator and it falls under CSA and they kind of, yeah, they do heaps in the background. Hey, with like all admin and like organizing and everything like that. Um, but it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's turned into this great kind of family orientated event. I'd say like, it's not so much like you need to be a really kind of like consistent, strong surfer to do it. You can, you can kind of get amongst it if you've got a little, little bit of fitness. So yeah. Sick. So pretty much it's a hundred people paddling like what's it's 12, 13 Ks, 12, 13 Ks at one day a year. Yeah. It's pretty much chaos, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's not too bad in terms of like, it's chaos for me. <laughs> like, like I've, the chaos is like kind of in like the, the build up, I would say, but on the day, um, we got like a heap solid group of, um, support vessels that kind of basically, yeah, just support everyone as they do the paddle. So if people are falling behind and they'll get a tow to the front, um, and they can have a break while they're being towed and then kind of just cruise along and they keep an eye out to make sure no one's mm-hmm. getting left behind or left paddling out to see or something like that, <laughs> Storm Road. Um, and then, yeah, we, we are, hopefully it's not, it's not too chaotic on the day. Um, but it's like, it's like a good kind of chaos as in like, 
there's just like a hundred people walking around in Florida when he's trying to find their boards at like 7 50 a.m like it's it's that kind of case <laughs> it's like the anticipation everyone's supposed to be there so it's good that's amazing because yeah. i've actually been fortunate enough to do it a few times but mm. i reckon it's stand out a lot of the cs crew might remember tina the llama our little oh, mascot yeah. and i reckon uh, i remember tom campbell it was actually a big day it was like it was probably like four foot like a solid four foot at Stanley Shore. Solid four foot. Solid four foot. <laughs> yeah, we left from Stanley because of the winds of the Northeast. And um, and Tom tried to paddle this like life-size fiberglass llama out the back. And remember, this like thing's got like half a leg missing. Like it's just, and he I've never seen a man paddle so hard, but unfortunately couldn't <laughs> he got flogged like proper flogged and tried to pull in this like Tina to the shore it was so funny every year we did it from there it was like some people were just getting collapsed absolute carnage it was brutal. it just felt privileged to, get, to be out and you just sat out there like watching people just like <laughs> sets rolling i've done a, i've done a couple as well and the one that probably stands out to me was the one from Stanley to Thoreau. And like the more, I think it was, it wasn't solid, but it was maybe like three foot, maybe, I don't know. But the day was, it started off really nice, like perfect, perfect winds, um, sort of, you know, nice swell, but it was, it wasn't too crazy. Like p- pretty much everyone could get out the back pretty, pretty easily. And then, like probably halfway down, as soon as we maybe passed the Seacliff Bridge, this hectic southerly just hit out of nowhere. But it was also <laughs> like a like a southwest wind, and it was just blowing people to to New Zealand. <laughs> and there was just like, I think um, it just got so chaotic. Like there was so many crew just getting swept straight out, and there was a few people. Um, like myself and a few others were just like, hug the coast, hug the coast. <laughs> so we paddled in and just like sort of hugged all the beaches and it was like so chaotic. And that ended up being, yeah, I don't know, 14 or however many Ks that was. It's a big paddle, but yeah. that was so rough just paddling against the headwinds. Like oh. just, you got your head down. Some people have got their like foam under their chest or under their chin and they're just sucking in the big ones, just like shoulders are burning everyone's like you got this like people are throwing apples at you it's such a funny <laughs> such a fun like process <laughs> hey mitch that was also the same year that you you slimy cheeky little thing you just like hung at the back the whole time and kept getting toes <laughs> and i remember being so salty at you mitch because we were me, I was putting all my Oreos into this paddle and my shoulders were on absolute fire. And you just like every now and then I just hear your laugh coming from behind me and you're like getting the toe. <laughs> just because you've been like so lazy and hung up the back and you just got, um, maybe it's a cheat code, something that everyone needs to learn, but you just got about 10 toes that day. <laughs> so you didn't paddle an inch. <laughs> I, I paddled as much as everyone else, but the waves were fun at the start. So every like beachy, I just pulled in, surf for 20 minutes and be like, that's good. <laughs> so- as how we're all doing paddle against poverty and Mitch is surfing against poverty. <laughs> well, I really want to dig in to the- you taking over the reins because that I know how mm. much coordination there is with like 
surf life saving New South Wales, lifeguards, council, everything. It is a big role. So take us through like the transition of leadership and what was going through your head and how that came about and how you went through the motions. So last year, that was probably my, I think my eighth year of doing the paddle. I had a couple contacts with this company called Tibra, um, who I'll talk about a bit more later. Um, but they, I basically was trying to organize some kind of like um, involvement from them to get some extra sponsorship for the paddle. Through that process, I had a bit of contact with Dan and like a couple of other guys who helped organize it and like had like a small insight into into the, the lead up and what, what that looked like. And then Dan was like, yeah, look, I've been doing it for 10 years. Like he's got kids, he's got all these responsibilities. Like, and I, he, you know, he's kind of like, I, I can't really do it anymore. Like I just can't. And he was actually considering, you know, just, just tapping out, but he, he stuck it out for the last year because no one else was going to do it, um, which is just awesome. Because, like, you know, you can see how at that stage of life, if you're doing it for a decade, you're just so tired. And so after the paddle, we had, like, a meeting with, like, BD, Dan, um, and a couple of other guys. Yeah, Dan's basically like, yeah, look, I um, need to find someone else to do it. And um, I kind of had that discussions with him in person just being like look is this something that you think that i could do like is this something that you think i could help with and he was kind of like yeah man like for sure so um I was like, all right well i'm a uni student i don't have that many responsibilities other than you know like uni and whatever like i've got some free time where i can actually like invest in this and i'm young so i've got like the energy and i'm fresh and been doing the paddle for eight years so you know i'm investing in it um, and so, yeah, I took it over from there and from that process, like Dan's been awesome. Like he's just like always open for calls, messages, all the questions in the world that I have for him. Um, and he's been yeah, super loving and gracious in, in how he's handed it over to me. He hasn't just like dumped it and been like, so you like, he's, he's always there. Like, I've, yeah, as I said, asking about a thousand questions a week. Um, but in terms of like personally, my experience so far has been, a huge learning curve. Hey, like it's, I've never taken on anything of this magnitude um, organizationally. So um, I've learned a lot so far, and uh, I'm continuing to learn. Just the the red tape that that goes on for these kind of things is crazy. Like, um, and you have all these different parties. Like you said, you got like your council, you've got your RMS, you've got your um, surf life saving. So it's like all these things, and then you know, me being someone with zero experience, having to just like rely on people who are gracious and experienced enough to help me to like guide me through the process. So it's been a few late nights. Like for example, last night I was up um, with this bloke called Phil Macy, absolute legend, um, who's, who's kind of involved with the surf life saving, helping me to like fill out this document. So that was like, there's been a few late nights where like up to 12 <laughs> just filling out paperwork and doing all this crazy stuff. So it's been cool. Uh, and I've actually like really enjoyed it. Hey, cause it's been a massive challenge and I feel like I've learned a lot, um, mm. but it's been a big task. Mm. Mm. That's amazing. It's a big feat. Like, have you been through the moments of like being overwhelmed? Like, what am I doing? Like, this is out for my depth. And how did you tread through those? Uh, there have been a few of those moments for sure. Um, I think probably towards the beginning, uh, particularly mm. because there's, I feel like you cross a threshold with these kind of things where at the start, you kind of 
put pressure on yourself to know what's going on when you don't have any idea. So I have more of one idea now because of all the stuff that we've done for it to this point. But at the start, I was fully just ignorant. Hey, like I just, I just didn't know. And then I'm talking to people who are like, they're not expecting me to know, but they're the, the, the rhetoric and the language that they're using is almost like they're not being, they're not like referring to me. Like I saw myself, like they're not talking to me like, Hey, basically starting a sentence with, I know you don't know anything, but this is how we're going to do it. It was like, this is how, this is what we're thinking. Right. And so in your head, you have all these doubts and anxieties about your own, like, like, am I actually capable of doing this? So I think at the beginning, it was, it was a huge kind of like, just push through it. Just keep going. Don't get overwhelmed with it all, but it's better now. Cause like a lot of the stuff's been done now. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have a bit of an idea of what's going on, but at the start, man, it was, it was scary. I guess leading something to that magnitude is quite difficult because there's so many small details that people just wouldn't think about unless you're in the shoes that you're in, Sandon. As you stepped into the role, have you realized that you're more of a delegate person or you're more of a small detail? I'll just organize it all myself. What's been the stressful moments for you learning in that? I'd say both, hey. I am that kind of person who will just do it themselves. To me, it's like a bit less stressful if I just manage it myself. But at the same time, I also have this awesome team um, of people who are helping me with different aspects of the paddle. For me, it's been a bit of a challenge to kind of actually trust that people have it sorted. And so it's kind of like, yeah, sweet, I'm leaving that with you. There's always an element of like if someone else is doing it, you're not in control of it, so you can't make sure that it happens and it happens right. And I think that just comes from like an experience of leadership of something of this sort is because... You know, once you've been leading these kind of things for a while, you you really start to like basically trust and depend on other people to do certain things. And I've got to a point now where like that's that is really the case. Like there are like different people for different aspects that I really trust. And I think like that's also stems from just trusting that God has his hand over it and that he's got a plan. Cause like mm. there's been moments where I've just just prayed and be like, look, this is kind of like especially for weather. Like I'm you, bro like really praying that the weather's decent this year Mm. and it's just it's just a matter of kind of laying aside your own kind of like preconceptions and and ideas of what the paddle should look like and Mm. just being like you know what whatever it looks like that's what god's plan is for it and we'll just roll with it Mm. it's bloody hard to do oh isn't it just eh? i think that's an important point though the the delegation because i remember when me and ryan were doing the first swell times i struggled with that heaps Like I remember we're all sitting there with Steve Campbell and I was like, all right, what do we have to do? I was like, riding all the list to do. And then Steve just like stops us and he's like, all right, let's just figure out who has to do what instead of what we all like, we just have to do. It's like, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Um, And that was like an important lesson that I learned. Like, you know, everyone's, we're on the same team and, and whatnot. And everyone's more than likely willing to help and wants to help. Um, and he's capable. And yeah, like, yeah. When you have something you really care about, it's hard to give that off to someone. And that's why I reckon, like, I just, I feel like for Dan, like handing it off to someone else after he's been doing it for a decade, mm-hmm. and the way that he's done that is like super admirable. Hey, he's just somehow struck this perfect balance between not being, not trying to like control it from the side, but always being there for you know giving advice, wisdom, mm-hmm. um, offering like his insight from all the experience he's had. So. 
I can't, yeah, I can't really like rate Dan high enough. Hey, he's just such a ledge. Compliment city. (laughs) Mm, I think from what I've seen as well, just to add to that is you can be part of creating a culture or you can be part of creating a moment. And I think what Dan and the, the leaders that have gone before you, Sandon, have done so well is that they've created a culture instead of creating a moment every year. Um, but part of that is that also there is a moment to be involved in. But what I mean by that is it was such a, like a God-led, let's just get together and do something good for the community and raise money for uh, a selfless project. And let's just all get together and um, do this thing that's hard physically to show our support. Mm-hmm. And over time, the momentum sort of built and it's created a culture of every year, this is what we do. And it's less of like, they didn't just try to create the best event that they could on the, on the, you know, once a year, it's like, no, we just want to create a culture of giving and selflessness and um, raise up paddlers and, and then it ultimately just raises money to, for a good cause, which is a really cool thing. And I think like what you just said, if you're given it, given it to God, just saying, I'm just going to pray that ultimately we can pray into the culture of this event and we can pray for the people that come and the paddlers and, um, the money that's raised, like we can just trust this back to God that he's actually got a plan for this day. And if we don't end up doing Wollongong, because last year the weather was horrible. I was at that one and we ended up changing, you ended up changing the plans to like just doing a couple of laps of the harbour. Hey, was it? Was it that yeah, it? That's right. Yeah. Out of the harbour, out like a hundred metres, turn around, came back. But even still, people aren't too phased if you don't do the 15Ks. I think... <laughs> There's probably like a low key element where they're like, phew, I'm not doing 15Ks. But like, yeah. if you don't do the whole paddle from like Wollongong to Thoreau because of the weather, that's not on you, Sandon, or that's not on Dan, or that's not, it's like, it's just, it's just unfortunate. But the outcome of the day is still the same. The group of people getting together, trusting this process to God and just saying, we're still here, we're still going to show up and we're, gonna, we're still going to do something um, to symbolize like, sacrificing that day to give to a good cause and it's such a cool culture and it's such a cool thing to be a part of and man i i couldn't recommend the event high more highly to people that are listening just to jump on board like if there's a paddle happening in your area or if you're from the illawarra jump on this one like it's such a fun day the first one i did i i think i got a bit overwhelmed with like 15ks i was like oh my gosh that's such a big distance Mm. but there's so many other people in the same boat as you and it's just a, a fun event. Like there's so many boat supports in the water and there's so many crew just sort of doing it with their kids. And it's like, you just have cool combos and it's, mm. it's such a cool event. Worst case you can surf and then get towed by a jet ski the whole way. <laughs> and I'm not condoning that. <laughs> <laughs> I will be paddling this year. Put your we- foot down. We have, uh, we, I need to talk to you about this soon, but we have plans to take a, a large native animal inflatable on the paddle. Uh, native? We'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> native to where? <laughs> native to the Amazon. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about a big pink flamingo. That thing's native to like. Look, the flamingo gang's going to be coming in hot on the paddle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's possible to paddle it, but we'll see what happens. On the surfing thing, I, I was having chats with a couple of guys and I was like, yeah, look, I'm sorry to say that like, you know, I've 
historically I've been lucky. Like I've just been like that person to go and like surf sand. <laughs> the boats are basically like their job is to make sure people don't get like off track or left behind. If you've got like 50 people going to five different breaks, <laughs> surfing at Thoreau for sure. Like when we get to Thoreau, just as many ways as you want. But try to keep the surfing at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've painted the paddle in a bad picture. Like it's bad weather all the time. It's five foot. Most of the time it's beautiful sun, one foot glass, a light backwind. And I know we say we surf a lot and someone in this conversation does, but the other 99 people paddle. So it's not that hard. Like you have your off years, like last year and the one Sam was talking about, but most of the time it's pretty cruising. Hey, just get a toe to the front, yeah. chilling, mm. chatting. Yeah. I wanted to push into um, maybe a bit about like your faith in this and how God's played a role in you stepping into this. Yeah, role four, Paddle Against Poverty, and your relationship with God and where's God been for you in this whole process? Mm. That's a great question. I think I touched on it a bit earlier, like just the handing over of anxieties, the handing over of stress. And, and control to God. That's that's the biggest thing, hey, that I've found. And also the, the, the confidence and the assurance that like this event is very much in line with what we're called to do as, as followers of Christ. Mm. Um, like we're called to, to look out for those in need and we're called to be like self-sacrificial. Paddle's vision and core is very much in line with Christ. And so here and there, you might have an off year, but like I have a great assurance that God has his hand over it um, and that we can see it grow mm. heaps in the next, you know, three to five years. And mm. yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's just that, that assurance that, you know, what we're doing is, is really like what we've been called to do, just handing over that control and those stresses and stuff for God. It's mm. cool. Like you touched on, pushing the paddle like because i know you have you've brought on a new partner a mm. uh, new company that sounds amazing mm. so yeah what's the vision for the paddle and where do you see it going in the next year or five years ten years this year we've managed to secure a partnership with tibra as i mentioned earlier um so they've actually agreed to match our total donations up to 15k yeah so within that scope they've also like agreed to put in a thousand dollars for every employee who who participates of this so you know that the hope is that we can get up to that 15k and then they'll match that and then like whatever else everyone else raises on top of that we could be potentially raising over thirty thousand dollars which is just like amazing mm-hmm. um wow. you know it, it's a game changer to have a company with that kind of financial backing to be yeah. able to afford to do that because <clears throat> Um, you know, we can essentially like double what we usually would make in one year. And so because of that, um, this year, uh, there's a like couple of things that are different. So first of all, we have that tip sponsorship, which is amazing. Second of all, um, we have three, um, organizations like charities that we're sponsoring instead of just one. And partly the reason of that is because we were able to secure that, that tip partnership, because, if you try and like spread, you know, $10,000 across three charities, the, the money's starting to get a bit watered down mm-hmm. and we can't really do as much. But when you've got, you know, potentially 20 to 30K, um, that, that money can do heaps mm-hmm. of free charities. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the, you like continuing hopefully that partner, partnership with Tibra um, 
we want to kind of our plan is to kind of grow the paddle to to be like an Australian wide event, not just at Illawarra and Cronulla kind of thing. Um, mm. So we, our, our dream is to have the paddle kind of happen on the same day all across Australia. And, and the fact that we have, you know, CS groups all across Australia means that we can do that. Like it's, it's definitely doable. You know, it's not like you're trying to like come to a community who's never had any interaction with CS or the paddle and be like, Hey, look, we want you to be part of this. Like we've got the people there who can drive it and who can basically the hope is just like take what we've done in the world and just rinse and repeat it all around Australia. Mm. We want to have that going on in the next three years. Like that, that's the, that's mm. the time frame. Hopefully even sooner than three years, but that would be like, yeah, mm. goal, I guess. Imagine that. Well, day that's comes. exciting as. Oh, mate, it's, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's, mm, that's sick. If we could get that to happen, we could do big things, man. Like we could raise so much money and, get everyone behind it and it's just the unique thing about the paddle in terms of a christian event is that even just even though it is a christian event like it's run by christian surfers and and you know you have a lot of christians doing it it's also like very accessible to the community who might not share your faith but like they share the values and Mm. so you can kind of say to them Mm. like this is like this is what we're on about this is why we're doing it it's very easy to get behind and um, mm. it's also like the lack of a better term, like secondary evangelism, as in it's not like direct, like we're not, it's not like direct evangelism, but it's kind of like you're just being active in your community, representing Christ. And through that, people can, oh, what are these guys doing? Oh, Christian surfers. All right. They're on about some good stuff. Like mm. it's just that kind of like you need, you need both. Like you, you need to like show people that you, you care. Mm. Um it's a bit of a combination, I think, between that like primary evangelism and secondary evangelism. I think about someone who's done that so well. It's like BD, right? Like he's so well known in our community. He's just like a good, like a good man, like within Christian circles and non-Christian circles mm. because he's been acting in our community. Like he invests in the community and he does it like all for the glory of Christ. And so that's another potential like awesome thing to come out of Paddle's growth as well. Mm. It's exciting to hear the vision to have the Illawarra region's uh, example, everything that happens on that day, everything that you've organized, set into like a model that you can just go, hey, here's what we've done that works. Send it all around to missions around Australia and just say, if you rinse and repeat this and we're going to do it on the same day and imagine having like, you know, 20 of the same model, doing the same paddle and just in different locations for the same cause, the amount of money and publicity and momentum and hype and like that was just that's just such a cool thing for the cs tribe but also just i don't know the kingdom of god i guess like what that does as you're saying the secondary evangelism thing it's also like a form of worship for some people this is just like well i'm a good paddler and i'm going to give my saturday or whatever it is to just paddling against poverty yeah yeah just how i think how it would build community is is as powerful as what you're describing it's real cool to hear yeah thanks man i just want to reiterate I, the term secondary i feel like maybe a better term would be like indirect mm. i think indirect's better because it's like it's not secondary like it's less important it's mm. just indirect evangelism there's so much uh exciting stuff happening so hopefully it uh comes to fruition oh i can't wait and i think it's important mm. like if anyone's listening um and this is sparking something like a 
a little tummy feeling or something, something in the mind. You're like, man, like I live in Coffs or I live in WA and I know a bunch of people like, um, I guess reach out, like if they reach out to you, Sandon, um, get in touch, like, cause yeah, this vision only works with, yeah, with help. Like we were talking before, like it's, it's a team game. So yeah, if that's sparking anything, definitely reach out to Sandon. I'm hoping that some of the people listening are coming to the CS national gathering. Um, if you are, I'm going to be doing like a brief kind of presentation on the paddle and then I'll be kind of around in some kind of capacity to basically start building those relationships with, with CS people all around Australia so that we can kind of grow the paddle together. So if you come to a national gathering, make sure to come and chat to me if you're, yeah, if you're keen to see this happen. Because love to chat. Yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. A bit of a, I don't know, finalizing, summarizing of your hopes and your prayers for the paddle this year, dude. What's just like, why are you doing it? Bottom line. <laughs> I, I hope that through the paddle, people around the world who are in need are helped for the glory of God's kingdom. That's, that's the bottom line. So it's like, mm. that's, that's the, that's the heart of the paddle. Is it? <laughs> All right. You got that dog. No, that was okay. a good, that is razor sharp. Like that is, yeah. That is unreal. At the end of the day, there's not there's not a whole lot that needs to be like said. It's just just gotta do it. Mm. You just gotta do it. You know? I think that just aligns perfectly with what Jesus did is like yeah. what is what is faith? Like what's a true faith? It's helping the widows and the orphans and looking for it's out for people out. need. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's living out your faith. Mm. So yeah, that's that's the bottom line, I reckon. So if that can happen, then we'll be cheering. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll all be cheering. We'll be. Do- I'll be there, Sam. You're in the island, but you'll be there in I'll spirit. Be there in spirit. Maybe next year, <laughs> mate, there might be one happening near you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is there anything <laughs> we can pray for the paddle specifically? Um, I feel like weather might be one. I think yeah. Prayer for weather. Prayer that like all the logistical stuff kind of in this last critical period just goes really well. Um, so there's just a couple of things that are just waiting on pending. So yeah, prayer for just like logistical smoothness and, and weather and just that we get a good bunch of people there. So I think at the moment we've got 40 people registered on the website, which is awesome. Like for two weeks out, usually it's like two people. And then the last two days, it's like hundred people. So it, hopefully that's a sign that like we'll have a nice healthy year, um, and that, yeah, just lots of people get involved and, and that we'll be able to kind of raise as much money as we can. So I just think the overall success of the paddle, the logistical um, smoothness and um, the weather, I would say, would be great prayer points. Do we, did we say the date? What is the date of the paddle? Uh, it's the 1st of April. The 1st of April. So about... If you're interested in like just more information on the paddle, who we're sponsoring, um, what's happening and registering for it or donating to anyone you know is doing it or just a random as well. Like just jump on the website. Everything's there. So, yeah. Unreal. Thanks for having us. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) I love what you're doing here. It's really cool. Like the community engagement. I'm really happy to be here and be part of it. And I hope that, um, you know, that some people listen to this and go, yeah, let's get involved. But 
Thanks for having me. Sick to chat to you, bro. Thanks so much for a good combo, and it's good to hear your heart on the um, on the topic. Bye, Sam. Hey, Privilege, bro. No. Way. <laughs> <laughs> That was the hottest <laughs> we've come in ever, eh? Far out. I've got a fever after that. <laughs> Dude, oh I can hear goodness. you from the island. That is <laughs> Oh, damn. What a stripper, oh. eh? Crikey. That, that was, was unreal. That was good. And Crazy his it, involvement, what he's taken on this year, hey? Oh, huge. And, you know, if you're around a Wollongong region, sign up. Get paddling as long as you're there um, and we're raising money and awareness for amazing causes, amazing causes that are going on around the world. Uh, so get behind it, get paddling. We'll it's such you. a good, such a good day, such a sick day to be a part of. So even if you're not a strong paddler, even if you just love the ocean and want to get a ride, like you can get towed pretty much the whole way like Mitch did. So mm. you can be lazy, but also... Um, sacrificing your Saturday for a good cause like this is is a really cool thing. So get down there, support them, go for the barbecue at the end, get a t-shirt, whatever you want to do, but get around it. It's good stuff. Absolutely. Jet ski for poverty. Now we're talking. And then... <laughs> Jet ski against poverty. Jet ski against poverty. <laughs> um, and also next app, Sammy, what do we got next week? I feel like it's a ripper. Yeah, it's a stoinker. So next potty that gets released, we're actually getting to talk to one of the heavy hitters of CS. I mean, everyone that we've talked to is pretty heavy hitting, but um, but this man really, really wears a few different hats, and he's got his he's got his fingers in a few different jars with CS, and he's just the man behind the scenes that really makes things work. He's the puppet master, um, and he's got such a cool story and involvement with CS and history. So to hear from the man himself Jono Bailey from the Sunny Coast so that's going to be an epic combo as well oh it's going to be so good and I think he's got a bit of a surprise for everyone who really blow you <laughs> blow your socks off really blow your hats off yeah I <laughs> <laughs> will see you on the next yeah, one yeah see Woo! you then <laughs>